Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. The dark web can be like a restaurant for identity thieves. Hi, ready to order? I'll have the driver's license number. Great, that comes with a home address or a birth date. Ooh, both, please. It can be dangerously easy to steal your identity. LifeLock by Norton makes it easy to help protect yourself. If you become a victim, we'll work to fix it. No one can monitor all transactions, but everyone can save up to 25% off their first year at LifeLock.com aware. Identity theft protection starts here. This episode is powered by Poddex. Poddex are unique interview questions and episode starting prompts in the palm of your hand. So whether you're a new podcaster or existing broadcaster looking to grow your audience and have more meaningful conversations, you're going to want to check out Poddex. Now, if you want to get 10% off your order right now, you can go to poddex.com and type in coupon code, what's the code? Larry21. Yes, that's the code. Check out poddex.com. Take your podcast to the next level. Welcome to the Big D Breakdown, your home for all things Dallas Cowboys news. Hello and welcome to the Big D Breakdown, your home for all things Dallas Cowboys. First, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Pondex, for sponsoring this episode. You can check them out today at Pondex.com. Use the promo code Larry21 and save 10% off your next purchase. As always, you can support the show by buying us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash the big D. Now, sadly, the Dallas Cowboys 2021 season has finally come to an end. After a Disappointing performance in the wild card. We have to call it a year. But many are wondering where did it go oh so wrong. So let's talk about it. The Dallas Cowboys season has come to an end. What was an absolute dumpster fire of a game. With a 23-17 loss to the 49ers. Cowboys head coach Mike McCarthy was completely outcoached. And it looked like his team was unprepared to play. The Cowboys continued to commit stupid penalty after stupid penalty, and no, and in no way did they deserve to win this football game. There needs to be an overhaul either within the coaching staff or players to change the culture in Dallas. Too often they play poorly in big games, and it continues to show up year after year. In what was a terrible performance, the Cowboys committed plenty of mistakes. These are the three key mistakes that effectively ended their season. Number three feeding Ezekiel Elliott over Tony Pollard. The Cowboys have struggled to run the ball consistently for months now, yet they continue to turn around and hand it to Ezekiel Elliott. It came out after the game that Elliott was playing with a partially torn PCL. If that was indeed the case, why would the Cowboys keep playing him over Tony Pollard? It does not make any sense to give Elliott 12 carries and Pollard only 4. Pollard is much more explosive with the ball, 
and OC Kellen Moore had to do a better job of getting the ball to Pollard in space. Maybe Pollard was still hindered from the foot injury that kept him out of week 18, but he was a full participant in practice, should have been more involved in the offense. Pollard finished the game with 6 touches, while Zeke had 13 touches. It was just another example of coaching malpractice in this game that Pollard was not more involved. Nelly is a great pass blocker, but when it comes to touches, he should have been behind Pollard in that category. Number two, pre-snap penalties haunt the Cowboys. The Cowboys pl played with such little discipline on Sunday, and it was a big loss. You cannot commit 14 penalties and expect to win. The ones that hurt the most are the dumb pre-snap penalties. The Cowboys had seven pre-snap penalties, including three neutral zone infractions, two false starts, a delayed game, and a legal shift. I've never seen a team with, much, with more mental mistakes in such a big game. The 14 penalties I previously mentioned tied the most ever for a Cowboys team in a playoff game. But it should not be surprising the Cowboys got penalized so much as they led the NFL in penalties committed this season. Another example of how brutal the showing this was by Dallas. There have been 276 games counted playoffs this NFL season. Only four teams were assessed 14 penalties in a game, including the Cowboys twice. The Cowboys' sloppy play was why they led the team in penalties. But to me, there is no excuse for pre-snap penalties other than being undisciplined. The defensive line kept trying to jump the snap on Sunday, and instead, they jumped up offside. But the dumbest penalty of the game was probably after the Cowboys' successful fake punt. McCarthy decided to leave the special teams unit on the field to try and get the 49ers to waste the timeout. It was a total disaster. The Cowboys actually considered running a play with their long snapper at center and linebackers at offensive tackles. What on earth was going on? The most pre-snap motion we saw all game was by punter Brian Inger and whatever he was doing on this play. Once again, this was coaching ignorance, and it led to a Cowboys delay of game penalty. They did not even show up for this game. The fact that they even had a chance at the given all the penalties was incredible. And finally, the number one mistake was the awful 14-second drop play. I just don't get it. With 14 seconds left and zero timeouts from the 49ers 41-yard line, the Cowboys decided to run a drop play. At that point in the game, the Cowboys were lucky even to have a chance to win at the end. They proceeded to kill any and all hope with this curious play call. They could have taken two shots from the 41-yard line to the end zone with 14 seconds. But to get no shots at the end zone is despicable. The Cowboys did not execute all game, so to think that draw play would be done to perfection is a joke. McCarthy says that was the best option. That just cannot be the case. The best option would be to throw the ball to the end zone. At that point in the game, for better or worse, the ball has to be thrown to the end zone to give your team a chance to tie it. Overall, this was a terrible game for the Cowboys and everyone involved. The front office needs to take a serious look at the coaching staff this season and find a way to maximize the potential of their loaded roster next year. To be unable to execute with this level of talent is simply unacceptable. And now, we're actually going to talk about where it went wrong not just the mistakes that ended the season. Collapse is an understatement in what we saw from the Dallas Cowboys and their loss to the 49ers in the wildcard game. Collapse, catastrophe, disorganization, crumbling, you name the synonym. And it's likely fitting for how the 2021 season is going to be remembered. 
It's the harsh reality of the NFL, and one that is going to sting for quite a while. Even as re I record this, I'm still speechless and numb about what happened in that wildcard loss. Even days later, it still hasn't been processed. That is how much of a collapse the Cowboys provided us. What makes this loss even more frustrating than simply being eliminated after a 12-5 regular season is the lack of accountability coming from the Cowboys. It is disheartening. I can say I'm getting beat, and I can deal with losing to a better team. That isn't what we saw. Prescott did not play well. There are no two ways around it. It simply wasn't good enough. That's all there is to say. Elliott struggled to get going. Pollard was absent from the game plan for reasons, like I said, don't understand. We can dive into the X's and O's, and I can live with guys having a bad day. It may have happened at the worst time possible, but if it was just on-field issues, I can digest it. Pointing fingers and deferring blame elsewhere, that's never going to sit well with me. The referees did not decide this game. Like I said, the Cowboys had 14 penalties. You don't win games with that many penalties, let alone many of them being pre-snap penalties. As for the final play that ended the game, the referees followed protocol right down to the letter of the law. They did not steal this game from the Cowboys. The Cowboys gave this game away to 49ers on a platter. The way in which they gave it away leads to a much larger issue, a cultural issue within the organization. Receiving that many penalties is one of the clearest signs of an undisciplined team. This doesn't start with McCarthy who had his fair share of wrongdoings. It starts all the way at the top with Jerry Jones for allowing the finger-pointing culture to be acceptable. It isn't a winning culture. Prescott is normally a very well-spoken, cordial, level-headed individual. To see him make a statement such as he did is disappointing. He knows better and has to know you. He simply cannot make that statement. I applaud him for finally apologizing. We can argue about the contracts of Dak, Zeke, or anyone else until our faces turn blue. That isn't why the Cowboys lost. We can criticize referees until next season kicks off. That's not why the Cowboys lost. The one thing we can question is the lack of discipline and a lack of ex an expected standard, which were on full display. That is exactly why the Cowboys lost. Even as I record this, I'm sick to my stomach with a giant pit in it. This team shouldn't be staring into the dark. We shouldn't be standing here wondering what the hell went oh so wrong. Yet here we are. This one stings. It hurts me, it hurts you, and has to hurt everyone in that organization. One can only hope this loss is the one that triggers a long, hard look in the mirror. That is much needed and long overdue. This offseason is going to be long and probably pretty trying internally. But that may just be exactly what is needed for a sweeping cultural reset. Now we're going to take a closer look at some comments Troy Aikman made at following the wildcard game. For a guy who about not being able to broadcast the Cowboys versus 49ers game, Cowboys legend Troy Aikman seemed even more upset about the performance by his former team, and rightfully so, like we addressed prior in our last two segments. The Cowboys had several key errors that kept them from coming back in a game that the 49ers made winnable, but Aikman Equally angry about one aspect of the game plan. The Hall of Famer was a guest on 96.7, The Ticket. It's a local sports radio station in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, for those of you that aren't listening in Texas. It was, of course, asked his opinion on the loss. 
While most people were focused on the situation with Prescott in the final 14 seconds, Aikman pointed out the puzzling lack of usage of wide receiver C.D. Lamb. Lamb, who had more than 1,100 total yards in the season, had only five targets and one catch for 21 yards in a wildcard game. Dallas knew that the 49ers secondary was a serious weak spot. Why wouldn't they try to get more passes to Lamb? Short passes, long passes, anything? Aikman also noted that the second-year wideout was in single coverage for almost the entirety of the game. Aikman went on to say that the game just isn't that difficult. He said that if he had a great player, a wide receiver, and a corner is playing him in single coverage, throw him the ball. He's going to win most of the time. McCarthy and Kellen Moore obviously didn't call their best games, but an elite quarterback has every right to read the defense and make a different call if he sees that Lamb is continually open. If only a three-time Super Bowl champion could have told Prescott that beforehand. The former Cowboy also said this isn't just an issue in Dallas. He feels many teams focus too much on schemes instead of taking advantage of opponents whose defenses play single coverage on top receivers. Lamb's lack of targets and catches were far from the only issue with this game. But with the majority of people talking about penalties in the final play, Aikman does bring up a valid point that is being overshadowed. This offense needs a serious look over before the 2022 season. And now we're going to take a look at the biggest draft needs for the 2022 NFL Draft. After a disappointing end to the Cowboys season, it's clear they need to upgrade their roster at certain points. The Cowboys hold the 24th overall pick in the upcoming draft, and they need to select a surefire starter with that pick. As we saw in the playoffs, the Cowboys had plenty of trouble keeping Prescott upright in the pocket, allowing five sack sacks. Excuse me. The offensive line committed too many penalties. Also, the draft had a hard or the defense, excuse me, had a hard time stopping the run. The glaring holes on this roster need to be replaced during the draft. Without further ado, here are the Cowboys' three biggest position draft needs for the 2022 NFL Draft. Number three, left tackle guard. Tyron Smith and Connor Williams started at left tackle and left guard for Dallas in the wild card round, but I think it's time the Cowboys look for future replacements at those positions. Tyron Smith is still a really good player when he can play, but that's the issue with Smith. He gets injured far too often. Smith has not played a full season since 2015, and he has missed 14 games this year, in 2020, excuse me, and six games this year. You cannot count on a player at such an important position like left tackle that cannot stay on the field. Smith has been a great cowboy for the duration of his career, but it is time for Dallas to look towards the future. For Connor Williams, he's a penalty machine. Williams committed 11 holding penalties this season, which led the NFL. These penalties derailed several Cowboys drives, and it cost them once again in the wildcard round. The Cowboys must raise the standard amongst the players and not allow someone who commits that many penalties to be a starter. Luckily for Dallas, Williams is a free agent, so getting rid of him could save them money and help them sign someone in another position. Plus, Dallas tends to draft well for the linemen. Number two, linebacker. The Cowboys selected linebacker Micah Parsons, 12th overall in the 2021 NFL Draft and he should be awarded Defensive Rookie of the Year in a few weeks. But even with Parsons anchoring the defense for years to kill him, the boys still need another linebacker. Also, Cowboys linebacker Leighton Vanderish and Keanu Neal are set to become free agents. 
The team also selected Jabril Cox in last year's draft, but he is recovering from torn ACL. The Cowboys need more game-changing linebackers, and the draft is the perfect place to find them. Some names I think Dallas should be interested in are Devin Lloyd, Nicobe Dean. Dean is a linebacker from the national championship winning Georgia Bulldogs. Lloyd played for the Utah, Utah Utes. Dean was the Buckus Award winner this past year, which recognizes the best linebacker in college football. He is incredibly athletic, and his elite speed for a linebacker would make him a great fit next to Parsons. Since the Cowboys have virtually no cap space, they are going to have to be creative when adding players to this roster this offseason. They will not be able to sign any big linebacker free agents, so they must hit in the, NFL in the draft. And finally, number one, defensive line. The defensive line needs major upgrades, especially at the defensive tackle. The Cowboys were gashed by the 49ers on the ground in the playoffs, giving up 169 yards rushing. It's about the time they invest in some run stuffers. The current Cowboys defensive line consists of zero first-round draft picks, and most of their defensive tackles are day two and three selections. The only true defensive tackles on the roster are Osa, Tristan Hill, Neville Gallimore, and Quentin Bohana. None of those names are players Dallas should feel thrilled about as starters next season. Oso looks like he can be a very good player in this league. Also, Gallimore was good for the five games that he played, but neither guy is a true game-changer. One name the Cowboys should target in the first round is Jordan Davis, defensive tackle from Georgia. Davis is 6'6", 340 pounds, and it is very difficult to move inside. He can eat up blockers in the middle, helping to free up the linebackers. I mentioned a few players that Cowboys should be interested in drafting, but keep a lookout for another episode going more in-depth with which players Dallas should look for and why they would be a good fit. And now on to Dak Prescott apologizes for the comments he made after receiving backlash. After the Cowboys' brutal loss to the 49ers and long card weekend, Dallas fans were understandably pissed. What wasn't understandable was their choice to begin throwing trash and beer bottles on the field as players and personnel were walking with the tunnel. Whether you believe the fans were throwing trash at players or refs, it doesn't really matter. The performance of the players was embarrassing enough. The fans didn't need to bring further shame to the franchise. The most shocking part of this was how court Cowboys quarterback Prescott responded when he heard about the situation. When he was first told that fans were throwing trash at players, he expressed his disappointment. Then, when he was told it may have been directed at the referees, who called 14 penalties on Dallas, the quarterback said, quote, Good for them, then. This was a surprisingly cringy look for a guy who was often seen as a leader and even-keeled man. Furthermore, when asked to clarify in the press conference, he didn't immediately regret his words. The backlash from the NFL community and many others quickly ensued. Whether it was because of the backlash he received or it was because he truly felt sorry for both, we will never know. But Prescott did issue a lengthy apology on social media just two days after the game. The quarterback said the emotions after the loss caused him to say what he said, but he also recognized that his words were uncalled for. These comments about the Reds were a low life for the quarterback, who's also the team's Walter Payton Man of the Year award nominee. Hopefully the apology is well received. And now, let's take a look at five places that Michael Gallup could end up 
in free agency. With the Dallas Cowboys season coming to a heartbreak close, it's time to start looking ahead. There are 22, 21 excuse me, Cowboys players who are unrestricted free agents. Receiver Michael Gallup is one of them. The 25-year-old is an acrobatic receiver who had several show-stopping catches this season. The problem with a guy this athletic and agile is that he is prone to injury. Gallup only played in nine games for Dallas this season. An ankle injury in week one sidelined him until week nine. Then Gallup tore his ACL on a touchdown grab in week 17 that knocked him out of the remainder of the season and beyond. Of course, likely past week one of next season. On the year, the Colorado State alumnus had 35 receptions for 445 yards, two touchdowns, with 12.7 yards per reception. We expect Gallup to be playing at a very high caliber next season. But ACL surgery does require quite a lengthy recovery. Most players take about nine months to a full year to recover. With free agents league looming, the receiver will have a ton of incentive to get healthy as soon as possible. We certainly hope that the Cowboys can make room in their cap to keep Gallup, but PFF suspects that this high-flying receiver will get somewhere around a four-year, $55 million deal next season. There are plenty of teams who would love to sign a guy with great route running, ability, high-level footwork, and good separation. Jerry Jones and Dallas should watch out for these five teams. Starting with number five, the New England Patriots. The Patriots got absolutely obliterated. Ah, cannot say that word right now. Obliterated by the Buffalo Bills in Super Wild Card Weekend. Despite the prowess of head coach Bill Belichick, it didn't seem like much went right for the Pats towards the end of the year. They went from the number one seed in November to falling apart. During the regular season, New England was 17th in the NFL in receptions. Maybe that's because their wide receiver core just didn't seem to be consistently to consistently cause any excitement this season. Nelson Aguilar had just three receiving touchdowns and 473 receiving yards. Jacoby Myers had only two touchdowns, but it had a much more impressive 866 receiving yards. Kit Bourne led the wide receivers with five touchdowns. The Pats just don't have a player who can provide consistent downfield range and go for contested catches as Gallup can. New England tried to do that by developing Harry after drafting him in 2019's first round, but his zero touchdowns on the year show you how well that went. According to Spotrack, the Patriots have about 17 million to use in cap space. Signing a guy that a growing Mac Jones can consistently count on is a good idea. It seemed that throughout the season, Belichick and Josh McDaniels were at times hesitant to have Jones send the ball down the field. Maybe having a guy like Gallup to trust, or at least by midway through 2022 when he recovers, would help give the Pats offense more versatility in 2022. Jones has the potential to be a great quarterback starter. He just needs better targets. So, number four, the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons continue to struggle. They haven't had a winning season since 2017. Although this year's record of 7-10 was an improvement from last year's 4-12, doesn't seem like firing Dan Quinn did all that much. The sad thing with the Dirty Birds is that they seem to always have the talent. They just can't seem to get that talent to perform in Atlanta. 
Julio Jones was often injured in his final seasons with Atlanta and left for Tennessee. Former powerhouse and Todd Gurley couldn't seem to do anything for the Falcons. Right now, their starting wide receivers are small names who haven't helped quarterback Matt Ryan do much of anything. While Atlanta had high hopes for Calvin Ridley, personal issues with mental health have sadly kept him out of a majority of the season. There are now rumors that Ridley and the Falcons may part ways, leaving another vacancy. Atlanta does have a great talent in Kyle Pitts, but even though you might mistake him for a wideout at first sight, he's still a tight end. Adding a great receiver like Gallup would be an excellent choice for the Falcons. They are currently $2 million over the cap, but releasing certain guys and making big trades will get them where they need to be. Gallup can make elite contested catches over tough corners in the NFC West. Considering the Falcons likely can't afford big names like Devontae Adams and Chris Godwin, a solid young player like Gallup could be a smart long-term choice. Three, gotta look out for a big spender in the NFC with the Las Vegas Raiders. Las Vegas seems to be a great location for the Raiders given how much their front office loves to spend money recklessly. Luckily this year they have about 30 million cap space to work with, but will they use it wisely? The Raiders have long struggled with the right receiver position. With the sudden and permanent departure of Henry Ruggs III, young players like Zay Jones and Brian Edwards had to step up with very little experience. The absence of Darren Waller, who was out for several weeks due to knee and back issues, didn't help either. One good thing for Vegas was that Hunter Renfro had arguably his best season yet, but one man can't do it alone. Throwing one-year contracts at guys like Deshaun Jackson to patch up holes doesn't really help. He's an older player who's worn down. Those short-term contracts either bring in guys who either aren't a great fit or who won't have longevity. Gallup, on the other hand, should have many years ahead of him. After the loss of Ruggs, the Raiders could truly use a deep threat to add to the receiver core. Quarterback Derek Carr, if he stays, can always use some additional help, and Gallup may just be that missing piece. Number two, we're going to take a look at a team with many, many questions and not many answers. Number two, Miami Dolphins. I think it's safe to say that the entire NFL world was shocked when the Dolphins chose to fire Brian Flores. We have no idea what their plans are for the coaching staff, but we do know that they currently are the number one team in the NFL in terms of money to spend and cap space. This means they can make big moves to help their future team. Miami got incredibly lucky with rookie Jalen Waddle. He broke the rookie record for receptions in a season, ended the year with 104 receptions for 1,000 yards. This kid has big-time potential and already has a season with quarterback Tua under his belt. But a team needs a wide receiver core, not just one right wide receiver. Dolphins got royally screwed over with wide receiver Will Fuller. They paid him $10 million for a one-year contract. His final stat line for this season was four catches for 26 yards. Only played in two games. Since Waddle is still on his rookie contract, the Dolphins don't have to worry about big spending to keep the rookie around. If Miami can't get a big name like Adams Goblin, Gallup is a great option. There are tons of other wide receivers in free agency who aren't as good of a value as a cowboy and come with an even worse injury history. Gallup could be a piece of a big turnaround year for the Dolphins next season season, and you know they love to spend on talent rather than develop it, typically. Hey, if you want to support the show, 
Uh, you can buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash the big D. Your support helps the channel grow, upgrade our equipment, bring in um, new hosts. And now to reach number one, the Indianapolis Colts. If anyone had a more embarrassing last game of the season than the Cowboys, it was the Indianapolis Colts. All they had to do was beat the Jaguars and they'd be in the playoffs. The Colts choked. However, there's no denying this team has promise. Running back Jonathan Taylor took the league by storm this year with a record-breaking season. Michael Pittman Jr., who still has two more years on his rookie deal, did well for Indy. The defense was one of the best at creating turnovers. They really do have many pieces of the puzzle there. Quarterback Carson Wentz, however, was a letdown when the team needed him to be a leader. To be fair, T.Y. Hilton, who is also said to be a free agent, was dealing with tons of injuries this year. He's also apparently considering retirement. Paris Campbell, dealing with consistent cuts and bruises, and Ashton Doolin, entering restricted free agency, would be wise for Indy to use saved-up cap money on a big offensive threat. Adding a playmaker like Gallup, who can make game-changing plays, could help them secure victories over their toughest AFC opponents. The likelihood is that even though Wentz didn't perform well enough this year, the Colts probably don't want to go out and pay another big quarterback contract. Wentz will need help. If we learned anything, it's that while Taylor is amazing, running the ball every play simply didn't cut it for the Colts. Gallup can be that instant impact and help boost a receiving core that may be losing a lot of people. At the end of the day, as Stephen Jones said on the radio, the Cowboys hope to have Gallup back next year. But if they can't figure out their salary cap situation... The receiver may land with a big paycheck from one of those teams. Let us know in the comments section below who you think is most likely to take Gallup if the Cowboys are not able to keep him. And then also let us know what do you see is the biggest need for the Cowboys. Do we need a complete overhaul of the coaching staff? Does Jerry Jones need to go away? Okay, obviously that's a no duh, but let us know. Would you get rid of Jones? Is it time for him just to uh, fade into the sunset? Let us know in the comment section below. Before we go, hit that thumbs up button. Please subscribe to the channel. Thanks for watching and listening. See you next time. This has been the Big D Breakdown with your host, Larry Lee. Thank you for listening and watching. Follow us on social media at Big D Breakdown on Twitter. Facebook, the Big D Breakdown, and on Instagram, just search the Big D Breakdown. Thank you for joining us. See you next time. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.